So Yara's dead. I know. It's really sad. Did you anticipate that this is how she was going to leave the show? Not at all. Like, I just thought it would be, like, between seasons and, you know, she would just be like... Really? Is that what you thought? You thought she would just kind of disappear between the first and second season? Yeah. Huh. Why would you think that? I... Because it was Star Trek and they've never really done anything like that, you know? That's interesting. Yeah, like, I, I, I didn't know that Tasha Yar died. I guess I assumed it would be a... You know, again, she went off between seasons. Maybe she came back for a guest spot or two later on, or they would talk about how she's on another ship or something like that. And just, you know, again, I I knew that she was bored with the show. You know, she didn't like where they, what they were, you know, she didn't like that they weren't doing anything with the character. Really. Right. And I, you know, she has, I figured since she was being released from her contract, they would just, okay, we'll, we'll finish up the season. You've got... Because there were two more episodes really left to this season, you know. It's not like she had a ton more work to do. I guess I assumed they would either do that or also, if they were going to kill off a character, to do it at twenty episode 23 of 26 or whatever. Um, like, that would be a season finale kind of move. Yeah, it's... That's, I guess, what surprised me. I was waiting the entire time for... Because any time a character's been killed off in the show, they've come back by the end. And I was waiting the... I didn't take her death seriously until the credits rolled, and then I kind of retroactively had to, you know, watch the episode again in my mind with, oh shit, no, this guy actually did kill a character. Right. And and I liked that. I don't know how I feel about it, even to this day, because she died, Rodden, it was Roddenberry's idea to have her die in that manner. Yeah. And, and he I, wanted her to die in that manner because he wanted her to die like a red shirt, basically. And I right? think, yeah. And that's all fine. I think, you know, in for, for a television show of this era, I think that is sort of audacious. Yeah. Uh, I do think you have to respect the fact that they went through with it. Um, she didn't have some sort of grand, you know, last hurrah. She didn't defeat Armus and then die. Um, you know, she she no, didn't. No, it's random, and it's a. See, I, I, I think one of the things is Armus is one of the shittiest villains we've ever seen. Well, I, I, this is a really, it's it's all of the characters in a really stupid episode, and it's a really stupid episode that kills off Yar, and I actually loved that. I dislike this episode a great deal, and I'm yeah. not sure why you liked it so much. You know, I think it was for for me. It's I think I think I understand why, and I, I know I just asked you, but I'm gonna yeah put words in your mouth because that's what I do. Thank you. Um, Fuck you, you! Don't speak for me. You're welcome. Uh, I think that this episode works well the first time you see it, and then once yeah. you see it once. You never really need to see it again. There's not a lot of there there. Do you know what I mean? It's like fa- That's fair. It's fine to watch the first time, but after you see it the first time, you know the shocking secret of Yar's death. You know the end part. You know what what Armis is and, 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 and what exactly happens in the episode. The episode is just, once all that sort of like surprise and discovery is gone from the episode. And let's be clear, the surprise and discovery are not really all that interesting. They're just sort of shocking. Um, That once that's all gone, and once you know what happens in the episode, you are left with an episode that is tedious. You are left with a villain that is uh, 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 boring and aggravating with a ridiculous Disney character voice. Um, You are left with really bad effects work. And you are left with basically... 
characters in a stage play that isn't very good. See, I agree with all of that, and keeping in mind this is the first time I saw this, but I like this episode because I'm, you know, we're talking about next gen as more of a character show than a than just a an anthology show as the first one was. You know, the original Star Trek, its characters were more archetypal, and it was a little more about its plots than. Um, next gen is. And that's something that we will get into uh, in, in the other episode for the show sure. as well. Sure. Um, I think, the sh- you know, they are in a really shitty third season Star Trek plot at this point. And yet, you know, the fact that it is just a random villain who kills Yar just makes it kind of, I don't know. I thought that was a very strong thing because Armis is a shitty villain. He's not even, an, he keeps saying how he's the skin of evil. Well, no, he's just kind of excrement in a way he's something that these titans just threw off it doesn't even make any sense yeah, he's nothing he is just a little twerp and he kills one of their own like that's just this is not a con this is not a you know this is not one of the grand villains of the star trek universe and therefore that makes her death even that much more brutal and random i think i was saying last week that Yar has kind of gotten Peter principled up to a point. She may have been a really great on the field. You know, she's a red shirt who would survive long enough to be promoted, really. And in, 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 if you want to be cynical about this, probably so many security officers get killed. That longevity is that that that's unusual. And so I think this is just the moment when Yar's luck just happens to run out. You know, every single security officer that happens and. I think that's paid off at the end when she does... Now, yes, Denise Crosby is not the greatest actress, and I think that is a lot of why the end scene comes off a little cheesier than it ought to. But at the end of the day, we've been wondering this entire time, well, who really is Yar? What is her personality? Well, she was just, you know, a woman who had a really shitty childhood. She joined a military-type organization or some kind, you know, she found a place in battle, a place where she could focus her skills, where she could find people that she cared for and who cared for her. And she died happy. And I think that is a nice thing. Like, it doesn't matter in a way to Yar that she died in such a random and brutal manner, but that she died doing what she loved and trying to protect life and trying to protect the people that she loved. Well, even to the point where she says that that's how she expected. Yeah, and I think that, again, it was a little on the nose. I think Denise Crosby was not able to, you know, a better actress could have done a better job with that kind of material. Some better writing would have, but I felt the episode had a core to it to where I think it figures out all of the characters have something to do. Troy has a lot to do in this episode. Troy shows very much what how really powerful you can be as an empathetic psychologist when you're dealing with a psychopath. Well, I think, okay, so so there's a couple things there. Number one, I think you are correct in that Troy has something to do, but but Troy has had things to do in other episodes. So I, I don't necessarily know that that's something that's that's new or interesting. I like Troy um, to a degree, and I liked I liked her scenes in this I, I like I like Troy, too. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that Data has a lot to do in this episode. I don't really know that that uh, Riker has a lot to do in no, this episode. Data's, Data, they all I have... don't know that Jordy has a lot to do in this episode. I think they're all just sort of there because they need characters to be there. Mm. Uh, of everybody, I think Picard comes across the strongest and the best, and we can really see why he is the captain in this yeah. episode because he's very dismissive of Marmus. He's very just like, you know what? You do what you need to do. I'm going to do what I need to do. 
and we're done. Like we're not entertaining you anymore. Yeah, the other um, characters have moments where they're not. Comp- the the other characters are wrestling for control of the situation with Armis. Picard shows up, and it, there is no question in his entire scene. Like he's not even he's in control, and he's not even entertaining the question of a struggle, which is why he wins without a fight. You know, he's not even. No, I'm not listening to you. This is my show. I'm Picard. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. But my my main problem with the episode, aside from the fact that that you know outside of the Yar stuff, it's just not very good. Um, it's it like I said, it's tedious. It's boring. Armis is an awful villain. There are long stretches of the episode which just last forever. I mean, anytime they're talking to Armis, I just I, I have to roll and my eyes, and it's it's awful. It's just it's 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 objectively awful, and I can't I can't ignore that no, part you, of the episode you can't that's um, and that's on the makeup team that's on the voice effects team that's on the actor that's that's on that's the show itself like i could see again put some good actors into this episode put a good actor as armist make him a visually threatening villain you know maybe it would be a different one he do, he is a whiny petulant little kid he's just a rageful kid but not in a way that's interesting. Think about a Trelane, for example, who isn't that different from Armis in the way that he's just kind of fucking with the, them because they can and he's bored. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I would necessarily make a moral equivalency for Trelane and Armis because I think the idea behind Trelane was always that he wasn't necessarily no, no, understanding I mean, the, the implications of what he was doing. I'm not but... making a uh, moral, I guess, judgment in more that just in terms of effect, in terms of... I guess for, for for me, the problem I have with Skin of Evil is that it's it's first season, next gen, at its most lazy. It's, this is good enough. We don't need to try any more than this. People will watch this. It's fine. Um, we don't need to make a very tight, very interesting story outside of what we need this episode to do, which is make us care about Yar even when she's dead. And the other problem I have with it as well is that it really does sort of retcon the character of Tasha Yar because she's suddenly very interesting. Everybody really likes her. Yeah, I I was doing some reading and she apparently, Crosby said, like, if that had been whatever episode had been, like, she said the scene with Worf at the beginning where they're talking about this, you know, they just have this cute little moment. Where and I think it's about real. This, yeah. Yeah. And yeah the, like the, she would have stayed on the show if that's what had happened. Yeah. And, there's a nice little moment between Worf and Yar where, where Worf is talking about how he, he bet on her for the martial arts contest and they're having a very nice moment. And yeah. perhaps they would have fucked if she had lived. Um, and that's all fine. I like them better as friends than as potential romantic partners, oddly enough. That's fine, uh, but you and, but you know, obviously, that becomes a moot point. <laughs> I mean, and, and and you know, Star Trek is not necessarily known for for doing sex or romance ever very no. well, so that's fine. Uh, you know, and so for for me, it's just that for all of those reasons that you know they couldn't figure Yar out, and and Denise Crosby, I think, you know, and and to me, like I I, I you know, I don't know that we can really ignore I- ignore Denise Crosby's role in all of this because. Yeah. yeah, you know, she wasn't given great material, but I don't think that Troy was given great material. I don't think that Jordy was necessarily given. I, I Rorf think that Rorf isn't Rorf, really a character yet either. He's right, starting maybe a little more so than Troy than than Yar at this point, but just the fact that he's a Klingon goes a long way for that. I think. I think yes, D- Denise Crosby was definitely correct that she was probably given some of the least interesting material of the show at this point. But at the same time, 
I don't necessarily know that the show really has Riker figured out very well. I don't know that Riker has served much of a purpose or or has had some great moments. I think of the characters that have had great moments so far, you're really talking about mm, Data, Geordi perhaps, Picard, of course, and and maybe Beverly. And that's yeah. it. And you're talking about half the cast of the show has has had no real defining purpose at this point in the show's run at the end of the first season. And so for me, a lot of what I have a problem with Denise Crosby's decision is that she seemed to think that she was alone in not getting good material from these writers. And, you know, let's be honest, she was young. I mean, she was, she was like 24 or 25 at this point. She was very young. And so I think a lot of that fed into her decision to leave the show as well. Um, there's a there's a little bit of an element of of me reading into this, but it almost seems a little prima donna ish for her to leave the show. And well, let me let me let me just say this because you are looking at this with the with 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 the under with the knowledge that this show goes on for pretty much a decade, and that you know the shows the characters that you know that it does get so much better that the that it becomes a legitimate popular hit that the characters who aren't as well-defined, yet the writers do get a handle on, and that Denise Crosby did not have much of a career after this. With all of those... That, that, is, that's true. I, I, mean, I agree with you. To but, say at the decision, you know... But at the same time, nobody yeah, else left the show. No, and, and I, I don't disagree with that. And I think, again, if she had... Looking, looking at it just from the point of view of 1988, I think... Denise Crosby's decision to leave the show was very was very immature. You know, she was young, and I she's think, working. It's gonna, it's money. It's, exactly, yeah. she's working. It's money. Why give that up? I mean, let's be honest. She's not a great actress. She was never going to be, um, you know, a, a great movie star or anything like that. So for me, it's just like she has an overinflated sense of her own, uh, her own talent, and 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 she feels locked into this show that she doesn't think is very good and isn't giving her many opportunities, which. Is all possibly true. Again, what I've seen of the show so far, though, again, me watch, you know, I know that the show became a hit, but watching this now, I would have stopped watching. I, as, as, you know, I think we were saying last week or, you know, we were at least talking afterwards, like a lot of people did stop watching after the show made a few episodes just because, oh, this isn't really that good. So I think it's not unreasonable for her to see herself in a sinking ship, maybe she was, had people talking to her, you know. Oh, I'm sure she did. I'm sure her agent was, maybe her, you know, her agent even said like, oh, look, you know, you're tied to the series, but we could get you doing these things, you know. It it was a bad, it turned out to be a bad decision, but at the end, I think if she had left between seasons, that would have been a different story. But at the same time, number one, I don't know how much of, maybe she did say, you know, well, let's, I'll go till the end of the season and, you know, Roddenberry said, hey, it would be cool to have you killed. You know, why not? Um, right. From what I – I read that she filmed Symbiosis as the – as after this. Um, they have – Yeah. Yeah. So obviously their relations and, you know, all of the – you know, several of the actors said, you know, we really missed working with her. You know, she was really great to be around. Like uh, Jonathan Frakes said he – you know, the two of them got along very well. Like I would assume that it wasn't – she didn't leave on bad terms. If she had left on, you know, a prima donna-ish terms, I think it would be – and she 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 also apparently – No, I'm certainly not. Yeah. I, I, I certainly don't think that she was being prima donna-ish on the set. And I think, you know, it's interesting that you, you mention, um, you know, some of the other characters as well because I think – 
you know, if you look at the, I mean, people always say that Denise Crosby is not a great actress, and I, I, I agree with them. But you know, I don't think that Michael Dorn is that great of an actor either. I mean, he he's very good at playing a certain type of no, role. No, I'm not. And what I find is interesting about this is that when when Denise Crosby was given good material, as she was given good material in this episode, I think she does rise to the occasion. I think that she can do it. I just think yeah, that if they'd given her and if by if they'd given her most of season two's worth of this quality material, I'm sure even as an actress she would have just risen with that right and so you know let's talk about the end of the episode because i think you know like i said before where they're sort of retconning the character of tasha Yar a little bit here i think the end of the episode is it's a nice moment but it's a nice moment that feels very false because we never really got a sense of her as a person we never really got a sense of what kind of relationship she had amongst the crew and and let's not forget of, of all the main characters, she she really is the only character I believe. Well, no, even Worf had one, and he wasn't even a main character at this point. That didn't have an episode centering around her. I think that's true. The most that we've seen was the uh, w- w- in the flashback when she's with the cat. Like that's right. I think the end like Data, Data Data had Data Lore. Uh, 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 Troy had Haven. You know, Riker had Hide and Q. Picard had a couple episodes of the Jordy? battle. Jordy, I guess, didn't. He's had functions in episode, or he's had subplots. But Jordy has had moments that have yeah. been very strong, like last week, for example, in uh, not Symbiosis, but the but the other one, um, where he was in charge of the Enterprise yeah. briefly. He gets in charge of the Enterprise. The scene with him in Data painting, right? Like, there, there's moments like that. So I think everybody has had sort of their moments in the in the show. Besides, he and Wesley having their, you know what? I always forget that Wesley's a character, but you know, yeah, you know. oh, he is such a character. He had an episode. Wesley had an episode. Okay, you know what, Denise Crosby, you were right to leave the show because they gave Wesley an episode and they never gave you an episode <laughs> so i take it all back let's move on to we'll always have paris no let's not do that uh you, you know, know i it's one of the i think see i can't say that this is a great episode but this is a bad episode that has some good moments again i thought i really am impressed by the fact that i i a contemporary audience also would have been totally shocked by denise cross by yar leaving Remember, they, I think so. They yeah, have, the average person was not following along to realize that she had, was leaving. Well, the yeah, show. that was the other. Now thing we would know like, that because we would be reading it on the internet. Right. That, that's exactly the point. Is that you know people didn't have behind the scenes knowledge that much. I mean, maybe they were reading you know Entertainment Weekly or TV Guide or something. But on the whole, people didn't pay as much attention to yeah. this stuff as they do now. So, so again, you know, me watching again, even knowing that sh- the actress left, I didn't. Again, I thought that it, and I also thought it was a little later. I didn't realize she didn't even finish the first season yeah i thought she kind of left yeah and i very explicitly did not No, and i'm happy about that. that um and so like again the entire time i'm watching i'm like oh how are they gonna bring her back like is he i thought that you know and i thought there was gonna be a version of the episode where especially when he's talking with troy where they're gonna get you know armis to kind of repent and i thought he was just gonna wave his hands and you know Yar was going to be back, and I would have said, oh, what a shitty episode. Like, I would have said that if that had happened. And then, so they're at the funeral scene, and he brings the hologram off, and I'm like, oh, he brought Yar back. And, no, she's actually saying this. And I'm like, all right, so what's going to happen? Like, is Yar going to come back, and now they've dealt with she's actually revealed herself to them? And then, again, the episode ends. I was very surprised at that, and I that did go a long way. That did, I don't know, the moment worked for me. I can see why... It wouldn't work maybe in the next time I can see, but there were, 
I think all of the ca- the characters had a lot of good moments. I loved the scene with Dr. Crusher trying to save her. I love how at the very end she just kind of like strokes Yara's hair. And I thought that was just a very beautiful moment on Crusher's part. Like just how sad that – you know, this is a very sad and quiet moment. Um, yeah, I liked I, the bit with Data where he's being possessed and, you know, there's like, well, how would you feel to kill – and he's like, well, I wouldn't – you know. I liked that. I like how philosophical and detached data be is it that I think, I mean, I guess, you know, for, for me, all of those moments are fine, but I just feel again, like they're just false moments because Tashi R was, was not a a beloved character and and nobody really cared about her. I mean, you know, so for me, it's like, I I don't know why, you know, I don't know why all these people are acting like they really care that she's dead because they didn't seem to care when she was alive. Um, Well, that's kind of sad if you think about it. Well, it, it is. I mean, sad, there, maybe you know? there, and, there is and, and a the moment of that... all this death being just fucked up and random. Again, it's not a real big villain; it's just a stupid villain who kills her. And... And, and the very end of the episode, where where they're they're you know giving her last will and testament in the holodeck, and and she's giving her little advice to everybody. And you know, for for me, it just seems like everyone is pretending to be sad that she's gone because nobody really had much of a relationship with her, besides maybe Data. And and I guess war. Yeah, and um, that's but again, I think that adds to the sense of sadness of that because she she knew all of them very well in a way, you know. Like maybe Yar was the kind of person that was very hard to get to know. Yeah, but she, but, but she spent her time getting to know everybody else, and I. But think I think that there's but I think her. there's a way to do that well, and yes. I don't think this episode does it well. I, I guess, think it really yeah. does expect us to believe that everybody that's left on the enterprise crew really did have a strong emotional connection with Tasha Yar and they are all very sad that she is gone. Whereas I really think that aside from a couple of them, they're sad that she's dead. Certainly. Yeah. As, someone a, they as a person who they worked with, as a colleague, with. as someone they knew, but you know, I don't get the sense that they necessarily would care all that much. Well, I mean, we have in the very and, next episode where they're all go, about to go on vacation, and it's not even like, you know, if that episode, if the next episode began with Picard saying we're going on shore leave because the death of Tasha Yar has affected all of us, and we need to. War- Worf has already taken her spot over. He's at the tactical yeah. console now. I mean, like it feels a little strange, um, and I just don't think that the episode. No acknowledges that or realizes that i and and you're right i think there are two episodes here there is a really good episode and a really bad episode and there are moments when the good episode shines through and i think that's what i'm seeing and what i am liking but the bad episode and the fact that this is season one next gen and hasn't done much you know the fact that crosby did have a reason at this point to leave the fact that she didn't have these moments the fact that her character wasn't that developed I think that does do harm more harm than good. I can't say this is as I don't hate this episode as much as you do because I think the intent of it and again in for me the first time watching the effect of it worked. But I also can't see it a classic. I do agree with that. Yeah. And I mean I should be clear, I don't hate the episode. I just I just think that it has many problems that aren't acknowledged in the episode and that really should have been fixed. It should have been a better episode than it was, I guess, that it deserved to be. It deserved to be a better episode, and I think for someone who was a main character in the TV show for, for 23 episodes, I think that it should have been a stronger exit for her. Again, and it should have been a more emotional exit for her, and it wasn't. I mean, Star Trek really doesn't do this. It doesn't really kill off characters, right? Just as a franchise in general. Not, not necessarily, no. No, I mean, and every time it has, it's... 
here know, here and there, but yeah, you know, end of end of Wrath of Khan, and again, very beginning of the next movie. You know, the next movie is spent on undoing the end of Wrath of Khan. You know, it's and again, that's a random death that has Khan doesn't kill Spock. It's just a radiator mouth. A, ra- a radiator. I wouldn't necessarily say that's a random death, but I, you know, well, okay, put it this way: it's it's a death that happens because of a. It's not like Khan kills Spock. It's a radi- radi- a re- re- reactor malfunction. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I generally think that the whole idea of the good death in general is, is kind of bullshit. Yes, of we, course. You know, and I can, think that might be... It's probably a road we don't want to go down, but... It's part of the... Pro- that's part of the point, I guess, too. Again, you know, Yar doesn't get a good death in this episode, but maybe there isn't a good death. And what could be a... Do you really? Would it be better if she got killed in a blaze of glory by a? It's one of the things villain? I don't like about Klingons, you know. Like for example, and and that's one thing that I think you know. I mean, maybe you know, if we talk about this later on, I think you know, Worf definitely. You know, I think if Worf had been more of a character, or if the show had been more cognizant of its own hmm. sense of what it was developing, I think that Worf would probably have. If this had happened in season three or four, I think Worf would have been a much more would have had a much more interesting reaction. I think in this episode he yeah. has no reaction. True, Later on, I think for- he would have been very angry that she had such a pointless death. You know, he was always about oh, you know, face death with your eyes wide open and honor and blah. You know, yeah, it's like, both as a friend and as a fellow warrior, she did not get what he would consider a worthy death in a way. Right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think at the end of the day. It isn't a great episode. I I think that, you know, if you ever watch it again, you probably will not like it as much. And that's Tasha Yar. Yeah. It's just, it's 1988, you know, that there's just, I guess that's, I guess that's a lot of it. You know, it's just TV wasn't at the point, the show wasn't at the point where it could do what it wanted to do with, uh, you know, I'm thinking now I'm thinking about Buffy, which had the, you know, when, Spoiler alert, when Buffy's mother dies, they have an entire, you know, which happens a random thing. It's cancer that kills her. And they spend an entire episode, which is just the characters dealing with that. And we've had five seasons to, you know, know this character and to grieve with. Maybe it's just shows later on. And, that you know, that's just the off the top of my head example. I think of a show dealing well with a character death. Um you know, six feet under all of that. And I also think, I mean, maybe it's just that. Yeah. Like this, again, we, we aren't a contemporary audience. And, and also, you know, maybe the, the final thing we can say about this before we move on to always have Paris is that, um, it's, it's kind of mean and shitty on the producer's part to kill her character. You know, there, there was no reason why they had to kill her. You know, she, she could have just been transferred off the enterprise or or whatever. You take getting killed as an insult. I don't think that, well, I just think in terms. Do you think Crosby felt insulted by the fact that her actiony character died and you know was killed? Like I, I, I don't think that's a. I think a little bit, yeah. Mm. And I mean, it, it closes the door on her ever coming back as a character, right? Like, would Denise Crosby have loved to come back to the show as a main character in the third or fourth season when it was like amazingly good? Yeah, probably. But, you know, she didn't, and make... she couldn't because her character was dead. Yeah. So I think that's kind of shitty. Well. You know, I... Two pools of black goo. Two pools of black goo. I'll give it three and a half. Okay. Well, let's move on to our second episode for this week. We'll always have Paris. My very first note for this episode is, I love action data. I don't remember what that's in reference to. You know, action data, when he, like, gets shot at by the thing, and he, like, jumps over the thing, and he shoots the thing. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Did we watch the same episode? This is the one where, like, you have data, and he's like, hey, right? What? <laughs> the hell are you are you drunk what are you drinking can i smell that um no the the data's action scene i love whenever data has an action scene and he had an action scene i still don't know what you're talking about when he first beams down into the god when he first beams down into the lab and there's like the i'm sorry by the way (laughs) and there's the security like zapper zapper that happened like 35 minutes into the episode We're we're not there oh that was your first note Apparently. Wow. Okay, so you really didn't like this episode. No, I actually really liked this Why? episode. Why? Why? I don't know what to... What, what do you want from me anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I this don't is understand. a really good episode. This is boring. Why was this boring? It's got a mama from the mama and the papas. I love the mamas and the papas. You recognized her? No, yeah. You, you, no, you didn't. Michelle Phillips. Oh, my... How did you recognize her and you don't fucking recognize Major Barrett Roddenberry playing Loaxana Troy? How do you not recognize this stuff? But I, you recognize Michelle Phillips. Well, she's blonde. Oh, my God. Um, And see, I actually kind of like Michelle Phillips in this episode. I think Michelle Phillips is fine. You I know, no I, problems the, with Michelle Phillips as an actress, as a person, as, a, as an activist, as a, as a human being, as a wife, as a mother, as a everything. I think she's a great person. As an arrangement of molecules? Yes. I liked her because, I mean, the character isn't a very deep or or complex character i mean she very much is defined by you know who she's dating at the time or who she's married to and yet i think that you know phillips does a good enough job with it and does make the character come off as a little more witty and and, and intelligent rather you know than she may have been otherwise she's a fine character you i know, don't have a problem with her necessarily uh i th- i liked that the show didn't overdo this time looping thing like we really only see it very briefly for three or four times. I thought it was going to, when I first saw this episode, I thought, oh God, here's going to be one of those things where we see the same scene over and over and over again. And they really don't do it. It's actually kind of subtle in how they handle it. Yeah. The few scenes that they do, again, there's the one scene in the fencing. There's the scene when they see each other on the elevator and then there's data at the end. And they're all very cool scenes and they're not overdone. Um, I like data's react. I like data's reaction to lately i like how he becomes interested and curious when he sees it rather than you know freaking out as the other and which you know of course is why picard sends him out on the end um well i think data is definitely coming into his own and i think we can see that in this episode and even in the previous episode yeah he is definitely i think brent spiner is getting a handle on the character data is learning how to play him is learning how to play to his strengths as an actor and as a character they're learning how to write him a little bit, and they're learning how to write him better too because i think that Data is probably the first character in the show, maybe Worf, I don't know, that seems like like he's getting lines that no one else could say. Yeah. And I like that because that's a sign that the show is realizing what the characters are about. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really interested in the question of Data's humanity. You know, again, from the previous episode, the, you know, interesting him getting moral judgments from an android. Like, I find that kind of fascinating. I find Data's moral process very interesting i find his philosophical ways of looking at things you know he does have a very different perspective on things in a you know when you know when he says at the end of the funeral you know i'm thinking about you know how much i'm going to miss yar rather than her you know and 
you know, Picard said, you know, that's the exact that no, you've hit the point exactly. That's a way that none no no one of the other people would have articulated it that way, but you know, and they also have a very, they also have a very good scene yeah. in "We'll Always Have Paris," yes. where uh, uh, Picard is sending Data down to the the planet to try and fix the the time loop thing, and um, you know, Data says, "Oh, well, it's because I'm dispensable," and Picard says, "No, it's because you're indispensable." Um, yeah. So I think that you know the, the and Picard how Data and Data take a... the Picard and Data relationship, I think, is one that definitely is working very well in the show at this point. Um, yes, yeah. we, we see that here. I just don't know if there's enough plot in this episode to justify why it exists. Oh, there's, but there hasn't been, but I don't find it's bothered me that I haven't really cared about the plot of any of these episodes. Like for the most part, I haven't found interesting villains in next generation. I haven't found interesting situations that they're in. Like none of, I'm never really worried or interested in, well, what's going to happen next, but I do find I'm very more, much more interested to, well, how's Dr. Crusher going to react to Picard's old girlfriend here? Or, you know, how is Data going to react to the fact that he he's the only one who can solve this problem? Like, I find that much more interesting. And I guess because the characters are starting to get better defined, those answers are starting to be interesting. You know, I like that Dr. Crusher gets a little pissed off, but also seems to recognize that she has no place getting upset about this like it's not as if number one she has any claim to to captain picard she kind of is the same as janelle in that she is somebody who had a relationship with picard many years ago and who time and circumstances have kind of made irrelevant you know she also recognizes that i am in the middle of a very major medical crisis here that i have to be dealing with you know but she's still feeling that i like that i like I, I very much like how the characters react to these events, even though the events themselves aren't interesting. I think that's I think that's interesting, and I think that that's probably a good reaction to have to the show at this yeah, point. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy you're having that reaction. I'm happy because too. I I don't disagree with you. I think that and yes, but, give these characters better plots. It's going to be a better show, certainly. I think my problem with with this episode in particular is that it it doesn't. The reactions that the characters have don't seem to serve any real purpose. And what I mean by that is, I don't know what this episode really reveals about Picard's past. We know he's alone. We know he doesn't have a family. Um, We know that he values his career above everything else. I don't think that this provides any new information, really. And everybody has that person or people in their life that they left at some point or abandoned to do something else. Or, you know, we all have that person we broke up with and wish we never broke up with. Um, But, you know, besides telling me that Picard is is a human male and has a penis and enjoys putting that penis in women, I don't know what else this episode really tells us about anything. It doesn't provide any new information and it doesn't uh, it doesn't give us anything profound. And I think the episode thinks it's being profound. You know, a few things I will say to this is number one. I'm not sure the episode is I, I, I think you find a bit more pretentiousness in this episode. Maybe is the right word for it. I don't know, but whatever you find, whatever quality. I don't know that I think the, the episode is pretentious. Yeah, that's not really the term. Your term that's I mean, just bec- just because Picard is French doesn't mean that I find the episode no, pretentious. I'm commander of the Enterprise. Also, I'm sorry, but like French people would never allow some like 
tube to go under the Eiffel Tower. Like, that just wouldn't happen. Like, I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but yeah. Listen, I was just so distracted by the lady in the pink dress. Unless, um, the, unless the tube is, is, is full of pâté. All tube de pâté sur le Eiffel. Yeah. Bonjour. Um, you know, on, on one level, again, keep in mind that not everybody who's seeing this episode has seen every single episode, so it's not necessarily bad in the first season to re- be repeating a character note. Number two, they needed to make an episode every week. There is maybe a bit of workmanlikeness to it, which just is okay. It's not the greatest thing, but it's there. And the fact that, you know, again, the character moments are good is fine. I don't know. I mean, I think that I don't necessarily know that we need to repeat information on the off chance that the person watching this episode has not seen a previous episode. No, no, no. I guess I'm saying like this is a minor episode, certainly. Number two, I don't think that we should be. I mean, maybe we are at the point where we are applauding the next generation for being workmanlike, but it's not. Listen, it hasn't been wonderful yet. So it's not incompetent. Oh well, the show is not incompetent. You know, no. Also, keep in mind, you're judging this as an episode in the entire nine, ten seasons, nine seasons. No, how many? Eight seasons. Seven. Seven seasons. You're judging this as one of several hundred episodes in a seven series. Several hundred. There's like 200, maybe. That's several. Okay. You're judging this as one episode in a couple hundred se- series, a couple hundred episode series that lasted seven seasons. I'm judging this as the 23rd episode I've seen. I disagree with you, actually. Really? I I judge each episode on its own merits. Certainly, I place it in a context as well, in my own mind and in the show, but. I'm specifically talking about how I felt while I watched this episode. Well, I'm talking about how I felt, and I liked it. I did not like it. Well, I liked it, so screw you, Trekkie. Well, we're done then, aren't we? Yeah, I guess we are. Tune in never for no episodes of Trek About because we're breaking up because Eric doesn't like this episode. You know, it's just, it's just, it it was tedious for me. I I didn't like it. And I didn't think that it served any purpose. You know, and And, you know, and the other thing too, is that the whole idea of Picard repeating his past while the time loop thing is going on. Yeah, it's on the nose that I like on the nose. It's just not, you know. Um, listen, I, 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 again, I won't say that this is the best episode of television I've ever seen. I won't say it's not a flawed episode, but I generally liked it and I generally... I guess in the sense that the show has gone from being incompetently bad and boring and actively disliked by everybody to workmanlike to workmanlike and generally okay some good scenes inoffensively bland I guess <laughs> is what I would call this episode and I guess that's a good thing hey it's uh, an improvement yeah it is an improvement I mean I think the show is definitely getting there but it's just not I just I I you know if the, if you if I was going to go back and watch an episode of the next generation no. it would not be we'll always we'll always have Paris but it probably wouldn't be anything in the first season I don't know that I necessarily agree with that I mean we can talk about that next week when of we course. wrap up the first season but for the mo- you know for the most part again I'm not going to be watching mo- much of season three of tr- original series I'm not going to be watching more of season one of next gen I, I think as a general rule yeah and I guess you know. For, for for me, my main problem with this is that the show that this episode doesn't really commit to being either about Picard's past with this woman or about the time distortion. Yeah, the time distortion is 
They're both almost B plots, I guess. Yeah, th- th- yeah, that's true. I think this is an they're episode. B plots without an A plot. This is an episode without an A plot. It's it's an episode of B plots, and I think we've seen episodes like that before. And um, neither of the B plots are entertaining enough. Like it would be fine if they made a. You know, there's no, we don't really have a big story to tell this week, but we're gonna just going to kind of tell two little stories and maybe they're, you know, I could see the show doing almost a sitcom bottle episode, you know, nothing really going on episode, you know. I could see this the, the show doing an episode where it's just them kind of hanging out and just interacting with each other, talking about the past, dealing with, you know, other stuff. Yeah, because, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, but I, I think that, you know, one of the reasons why I, I don't like this episode very much is that I, I there are better examples of this later yeah you know where neither of, once yeah. once the show and the right once the writers are, are better and, and all i mean pretty much i think all the writers from the first season leave after the first season uh maybe a couple of them stick around but i'm not sure on that um i've never cared enough to really find out yeah uh i think that you know once once the writers get better and once the writers get a better handle on the characters and once the actors frankly are more confident in the material that they are being yeah. given i think that they are able to gel as a group and react to things individually and as subsets of characters as friends would. Yeah. And I just feel like this episode isn't there. Um, You know, nobody seems all that surprised at the time distortion effect. Nobody really seems all that interested in finding out more about Picard's past. You talk about Beverly, for example, and, and what she thinks of this woman and what she thinks of Picard's past and this and that and the other thing. And it's like, she doesn't really have much of a reaction one way or the other. Yeah. And on the one hand, I guess that's fine because it makes sense for her. She, and, she wouldn't. Yeah. She and Picard don't have a relationship right now. And remember, they may we have in the past, but on the other hand as well, I think that, you know, she, she kind of, she kind of should have more of an, a reaction, I think, than she does. I mean, I'm thinking about the fact that last week, you know, we saw a few weeks ago, Picard declared a fight over, and this is, you know, last week he said, you know, we're all dealing with the fact that, you know, we lost somebody, but we need to deal with this monster before, you know, we need to figure out our mission before we can grieve for her. You know, he he essentially says we have to put our emotions on hold for a bit. You know, at the end of the episode, they deal with them. And so, you know, this is Dr. You know, Dr. Crusher is about as good of a doctor as anybody in the Federation in Starfleet is. And so if anybody is able to put, put her um, feelings to the side when, you know, when she's talking with Doc, with Troy, uh, she basically says, like, I have a patient. I can't, you know, she kind of acknowledges a little bit, but is, you know, she seems a little annoyed with Troy for making her think about this at this moment because she really does need to be just going and and, and being a doctor right now. You know, I I think that scene is kind of Beverly implying to Deanna that, you know, not now when when, once my patient's well, you know, and maybe the two of them had a conversation after the episode is over. I think and and this may even tie with, you know, Yar, we've seen, you know, I remember in the Naked Now episode, we were talking about how, you know, Yar was talking to Troy and I remember saying like, you know, after this episode was over, the two of them went shopping more or less, you know, they, they had to have done that, you know, they spent an afternoon together. And so I think all of this has been happening, except we haven't seen any of this. We are seeing the characters when they're on duty. We haven't really seen much off-duty characters yet. I think it's interesting you bring up Troy, though, because I think in a way Troy is kind of a meddler. And yeah. you know, she, she uses her status as ship's counselor in a way to um, 
kind of pry into people's personal lives. Well, I mean, like, yeah, let, let's not forget she's her mother's daughter, though. Remember, true, and and also let's not forget that she does have that 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 conversation with Picard on the bridge at the very beginning of the episode, where she says that he had a strong emotional reaction to this, and he should maybe go and, and examine his feelings and, and, yeah. and think about it and stuff. And instead, he goes to the holodeck and pretends to go to well, Paris. So you know, she kind of I think wants people to. I think she means well, but yeah. I think that she is just kind of a meddler. But there's, you see, it's, I don't think the show thinks she's right all of the time. And go back to the Armas episode, there's a point where she's talking to him and she's trying to, you know, and she's talking him down. And, you know, and it seems that, you know, at that point, again, I thought that the episode would end with his redemption. And, you know, it seems like she's calming him down and she's having, he's telling her about who he is. And then she says, you know, I pity you. And that's the exact wrong thing to tell him. And from that point, he becomes irredeemable. Troy makes mistakes. She's not always incredibly right about this. You know, she is usually able to tell what somebody's feeling. And as a psychiatrist, as a psychologist, she is able to talk to a person and get them to open up. And she is very easy to talk to. And all of these things generally are. But she is still capable of making a mistake. And I think... You know, maybe her deciding, well, right now, what, you know, obviously, again, she's her mother's daughter. She is going to, in a much more focused and restrained way, want everybody to be dealing with what they're really dealing with. She doesn't want people hiding and, you know, right now that might not be the best thing to do. I I think that might be the show acknowledging that she's not perfect. Maybe. I don't know. Or I think, at least, yeah, maybe the show might not be clever enough to realize that. I think that's maybe something I'm realizing. About. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's probably a better way to put it. Um, Either way, it's within her character to just suddenly say, stop everything. Let's write down a diary entry. You know, that that's – come on, Troy. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I guess that's it. Well, I give this episode five blue cocktails at the Parrot Lounge. It was like a four, three. I, I just, I don't, it doesn't do it for me. But next week, we have an episode that definitely does it for me. Ew. And it's not porn. Oh. We are talking about the last two episodes of the first season. Finally. Yeah. Conspiracy and the neutral zone. Ew. Ew? Yeah. Why ew? Because it, it, that's what's, if that's what does it for you, then I don't want to hear about it. 